Hello, hello. Welcome to the Soft Pod, a soft place for hard conversations. My name is Grace Hawthorne. And I am Isabel Marshall. And we are here today talking about a topic that we're both pretty excited about, actually. Mm. Um, Purely because of the state of mind that we and we've noticed our peers are in at the moment. It's nearly the end of the year. We're all getting quite tired. Uh, A lot of us are working towards some major life milestones and others are just on that grind towards exams. And we all need and I think are requiring a bit of motivation at the moment. I definitely am. I definitely am. Even like I can't finish TV shows at the moment. I can't finish Really? That's big for you. I know. It's huge. I did watch the Jeffrey Dahmer. TV show on Netflix, which is really, really good. Really I love dark. That I don't even know what that is. It, he is a serial killer. Uh. <laughs> I know you don't, you don't want to watch it, but anyone who likes true crime, it was really good. Evan Peters is in it. He um, is in American Horror Story, and mm. um, I freaking love that show. I recognize the that name, American Evan Peters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Evan Peters. Um, so let's just, can you tell me how your week's been? I actually haven't seen you in a little while properly, so I want to know. How's my week been? I am feeling a lot more settled and peaceful about life and generally more hopeful than I was Fuck this yeah. time. <laughs> Say four weeks ago, my family has been away overseas. I've been home alone and I'm not much of a I don't like being alone that much (laughs) I've got the dogs um but they are also driving me out the world they just require so much energy they're amazing sheep dogs but they live in like on the fringe of the city which is like not their ideal and they tell me about it all the time (laughs) (laughs) and um so yeah I've I've just been like chaotically trying to walk them and study and uh, go to some like med rotations that I haven't been like loving so it's just been a grind the Mm. last couple of months have been a real grind how about you um I just want to ask does this make you reconsider having children because of the experience with the dogs yeah (laughs) yeah not right now (laughs) especially not ones that like run around (laughs) when they start growing their legs you're gonna be fucked All I want is intellectual conversations with them. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a while away. Yeah. And no. the dogs can't provide you that. No. But they do provide like eternal love mm. and acceptance. That is true. And a safe place. For hard conversations. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Tell me about your week. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, my week, I have been under the weather and... I went back to work on Monday and I was sitting down and then I stood up and I realized that something had happened to me and I was like, (laughs) oh shit. Um, And I had my period, right? Yeah. That's the thing that happens to people. Yes. And it hadn't just happened. Well, it happened and it made a statement Mm. on my pants. Um, It revealed itself. It did. It was wanting to be the center of attention. And Which, I really, like, it came out of me, so obviously. <laughs> I'm the queen of this moment. <laughs> so I um, had to go home. I had to I had to leave that place. I know, because I was sitting at my desk and then you came early. Stomping up the stairs. And I heard a stomp, 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 stomp. And then you, you appeared and then you turned around swiftly, promptly, and revealed to me your backside. <laughs> and I can testify there was a big red stain and I said go have a shower and 
and jump into bed. <laughs> and that I did. And that thus was my week. And that was my Monday of what all days. Coaster. Oh, well, that was a nice little catch up. <laughs> um, so yes, advice. That's what we are talking about today. We are talking about advice that we have received from you guys that you have received from someone else that you may or may not agree with. Um, we're also going to go over some of the feedback from um, advice regarding social media and mm. taking time off of social media. Mm-hmm. So pretty much we're going to explore some cliche sayings, motivational quotes, life advice that probably we've all heard before but may not have you know unpacked all the mm. layers of it. We're going to judge them pretty harshly because a lot of them are really, really helpful um, and a lot of, and some of them aren't so helpful, but I think I'm excited to unpack why they're helpful and how they can apply to our lives, like our day-to-day lives. Mm, for sure. I think one of the things we were talking about before we started recording was that advice doesn't have to be long-term. It's great for advice that applies for your entire existence, but there's also advice for the right moment. I'm excited to yeah explore that mm. idea. Isn't it cool when like you're in a moment or a headspace and then you are, I guess, presented with some words of wisdom or advice and it really resonates with that moment and where you are at the time. Mm -hmm. This gives me a reminder for like the concept of co-star listening to us and then sending us really specific horoscopes. Is that how they do it? I have no fucking idea, but sometimes the shit they send me, I'm like, you have to be listening to my life. Yeah, it's really weird. Well, CoStar, for anyone who doesn't know, is an astrological app that gives you, I guess, little updates, mm-hmm. notifications. Mm-hmm. Don't get it. It'll <laughs> ruin your life. <laughs> if you give it the power. <laughs> <laughs> I only yeah, not give it the power. Okay, so we're going to start with some advice that um, has been on our minds recently. Okay, so a piece of advice that's been on my mind recently is the saying, you are in charge of your own story. What do you think of that? I think this gives main character energy, which is on my Mm, mind. Um, I think that it is probably important to remember that you make your own choices. I mean, not probably, it is important to know that. But I think that there are things that happen that may not necessarily mean you're in charge of your life in that moment, but you are in charge of your own story, like how you're remembered. Like story to me is is your legacy I guess yeah I like that wording I agree like for example there's so many factors out of our control being even the setting that you're born into like the the social support structures you're born into where that is obviously a lot of us have um have barriers placed on us from the moment we're born that others don't Mm -hmm. um so definitely important to recognize that but I agree with you that that's not necessarily the story. That's like the setting of the story perhaps. Mm. But um, in terms of for me what resonates with me is the tone of the story. Like you can set the tone of the story. And in my mind that's like the way you self-talk, like your mindset, mm. the way you talk to yourself, the way you talk to others, the way you frame situations in your mind, that's the tone. Um, and you can make that as negative or positive as you like, regardless of the situation. Um, and then in terms of like the characters at play as well, you get control over the characters that have the most airtime in your mm. life as well. You're the narrator. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think this really connects well to some of Brooke Upton's um, words of advice when in when we interviewed her um, about setting boundaries and also being in control of the energy that you let into your life. So definitely, yes 
not in control of everything, but in control of the tone, the characters, and also the way that you respond to major events. Yeah. Story. Yeah, I think that you are in charge of your own way you perceive your story and what you do from what you get. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much of advice can be so general, but this one, I mean, it's not my favourite. It's a good one, but it's definitely not something I take with me every single day. The other way we can think about it, though, is, you know, when sometimes you feel an unfair, you put on yourself an unfair responsibility over someone else's story. Mm. Like you think you're playing into that too much or X, Y, Z's happened because you're like somehow not enough or too much for someone. And then perhaps their own insecurities or their own situations can like be thrown back into your face or you can do that to your own self sometimes. But knowing that also those people are in charge of their own stories Mm. as well is a really helpful reminder. Yeah, like everyone's looking out for themselves. Who's going to look out for you if not yourself? That's how I perceive that whole sentiment. Actually, yes, that's a really good way to summarise it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, my God, I did the thing that you always do for me. Which is take my word vomit and turn it into a sentence. (laughs) You are too generous to me. I don't think I do that. You do it all the time. Okay, next one. Don't let life just happen to you. Thoughts? I'm in two minds about this one, mostly because I am a personality that's absolutely prone to planning my one-year plan, two-year plan, five, ten-year plan. But I'm also a huge advocate for not letting a good opportunity go by just because you're so set on your plan. And so, yes, I think you need to set intentional goals for life, like as in don't let life just happen to you. But if something happens to you in life and it's a good opportunity to pivot, I think you have to take it. Mm -hmm. I like that. So that's like intentions with flexibility. Yeah. I perceive it as life is this whole thing that we've got ahead of us and it's going to continue to happen. No matter what happens to you, it's going to keep coming. Mm. Um, And it's going to be over at some point. You know, you're going to look back and you're going to be that old person that's like, Mm -hmm. I wish I did this. Mm -hmm. I want to not get to that point and and wonder about the opportunities I could have taken and the things I could have done or been. That's Um, so true. And also to create something good out of something bad because life does happen shit also happens another great saying Mm -hmm. shit happens Mm -hmm. um you want to be able to yeah I guess have lemons make lemonade Mm -hmm. thank you Beyonce yes okay this next one has been on my mind a lot recently and I have a lot of thoughts about it because it has some caveats I want to describe and some parameters I want to describe great words you've just said Amazing. This one has been on my mind and I've been, I've been embody, I've been trying to embody mm-hmm. big dick energy. Fuck yeah. And I will just tell, I'll tell you why. Tell me why, but, bitch. I was hesitant to try and incorporate big dick energy into my life <laughs> because, purely because I don't want to contribute to this idea that only someone with a dick can have big dick energy. Because I absolutely don't believe that. No, it's energy. It's not it's presence kind of, of penis. Mm. It's big dick energy and the reason it's associated with penises is because historically there's been a lot of barriers for women to be in positions to exemplify big dick energy do you know what I mean I love that we're going historical on big dick energy (laughs) well like I don't know when you when you think of it at first you think of like a man in a suit making big decisions Wolf of Wall Street Wolf of Wall Street vibes I'm not saying I want big dick energy because I want a dick or to be a man or whatever. I'm saying it because there are certain aspects to the persona that I am trying to actively embody 
because I think the opposite of it is what I fall into too much. It encapsulates this like innate confidence and an ability to put yourself forward without fulfilling all the criteria Mm. and also making your agenda clear, your intentions and your goals and your expectations clear to yourself and the people around you from the outset. Mm -hmm. And I think as a woman, particularly in like, I, I can, I guess I'm having experiences from like the medical field and being in a hospital, being the bottom of the ladder on a team, mm. I find myself in, self in situations where I want to say something or I want to put my idea forward and I really have to like just summon up this big dick energy. Mm, my mind's going to emotional female right now. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good read. I think the epitome of big dick energy is confidence. Mm-hmm. They exude confidence, these big dicks, yeah. and it's because – Obviously, the uh, origin of the word is because you have a big dick and you know you've got a big dick and everybody wants to be having a big dick and you've got one and they can't (laughs) do anything about it and you're going to swing it. Yeah. And that is something you can do metaphorically, which is just know your worth. I think this is something that's achievable. Definitely. I think it's achievable for for anyone really. I think there's certainly – it can go too far. Um, I think I want to be a big – self-aware dick Mm -hmm. I love that (laughs) no toxic masculinity for this big dick and there are situations particularly when you're the more senior or more experienced in a group and team and you don't need to prove yourself and you don't need to you actually need to foster environment where other people can be confident Mm. you don't need to swing your dick around in those situations but you can have a quiet confidence. Mm. What I'm saying is that I, it's also situational. Yeah. Right now I'm in a position b- where I want to grow because confidence is an issue for me right now. I wonder what it would look like for you if you took this self-awareness in terms of being confident, like these people who have tenure and they don't feel the need to improve themselves. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not improve themselves, obviously. Everyone needs improvement, but prove themselves mm-hmm. to others. And you just walked into a room and you, I mean, for for both of those big dick energy and also people that have been massively dicked, (laughs) that have had big dick energy in the past and they walk into a room and they're like, I don't even need to prove myself. Yeah. And they could kind of, you could make a combination and you can make big self-aware dick energy. I think this is, this is a thing you need to do. Big self-aware dick energy. Okay, I've got a quote here from a philosopher, Nietzsche. We're going to tentatively say Nietzsche. Frederick Nietzsche. The way to discover what you are put on this earth to do is to go back into your past, list the times you felt the most fulfilled, and then see if you can draw a line through them. Just to establish, drawing a line through it is like crossing them off, right? I see it as finding the common denominator. That's very scientific. I love how your mind works. <laughs> Just the, the similarities between them. The, oh, the connect the dots. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've just understood the quote. <laughs> what do you think? What, when, were the last, when were the times you felt most fulfilled? Even in childhood. Like what do you feel like your personality, character, skill sets, all combines, your ikigai, if you would. Have you heard of ikigai? No. <laughs> Ikigai. It's where it's this Japanese concept where imagine a Venn diagram. Mm. What skill sets you can you have. 
So what you, you what you can offer, what you can make money out of and where your passions are, it's the centre where those things align. I love this because I feel like people might not know about this and I certainly didn't. Yeah, I'm going to find my icky guy. Um, definitely not in childhood. I would say, mm, nah, nah, not in childhood. I think that when I've found things that I enjoy and I just feel pure passion for being creative. This is such a good question. This is a really good question. I think that I should ask myself more often. I think it's really beneficial to remember these things. It demands like a solid few sessions of self-reflection and, you know, getting the butcher paper out. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Uh, Fulfilled. Fulfillment. I have felt fulfillment when I've been completely on my own and I've been somewhere in nature and I felt confident in being by myself and okay with my own thoughts and my surroundings. Mm. Feeling safe is a massive thing for me that I've realised as I've gotten older and I think feeling safety within myself is is the purest form of uh, fulfilment. Wow. Is that physically safe or psychologically Both. safe? Both. Yeah. A total alignment of safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as a woman in any country it is quite hard to feel safe especially at night yeah so I normally do this during the day (laughs) you've got an interesting um tension between wanting to feel safe and wanting to feel liberated Mm. because your ideal is like being on a beach or in nature where you don't have the constraints of a society around us yet you want to feel really safe Mm. which is what our society the way it's been structured is really aiming to do keep people safe but it isn't yeah. Mm. I think that's the idea that I would be safer outside of society is probably not the greatest uh, concept, not very well thought through, but in my little imagination, that's where I Happy am place. happiest. Mm. Mm. <laughs> More room for triage on yeah. that one, for okay. sure. Okay. I think for me, the times I've most felt fulfilled in a professional sense has been when I've been communicating, which I think is why I was drawn to this do it like starting this particularly with like a background in like like starting a business a lot of that was communicating with customer base communicating with people who are developing the business with you Izzy has a startup by the way for anyone who doesn't know about it <laughs> yes sorry I should have orientated that <laughs> I have spent the last five years starting a social enterprise called Taboo which I'm a co-founder of. Taboo was a social enterprise selling pads and tampons to Australian customers um, with all net profits dedicated to our mission, which is to fight period poverty in Australia and overseas. So my one of my favourite parts of that role was surrounding communication. So communicating through branding to customers, communicating with um, collaborate, collaborators for the product um, and the business, I guess more, more so like the whole network of the business. Um, and also communicating with the groups that we were um, offering like support to through the social enterprise model. So I love like words and I love communicating value through the words to different people. Mm. I think I'm always going to want to do that. Do you think Taboo is the product of some of your icky guys? Yeah, I think like for me there were transferable skills that I was learning in Taboo and there are transferable skills that I'm learning in Med. And I think like we're all learning transferable skills as we go through life and we'll take them into different seasons to different careers. But I think what this quote is trying to say is like find the times that you felt most 
fulfilled like what were the as we said common denominators and how can you apply that to the next season of life Mm -hmm. and like the next career or Mm -hmm. the next relationship or the next whatever which actually leads into the next one which is you can do anything you put your mind to do you believe that if you're in the one percent sure yes my mum would tell me this all the fucking time growing up and it almost I mean this is a really privileged point of view I went to a good school you know I had lunch money and stuff so Mm. I yeah, but, was, you, but we just swapped lunches anyway. Yeah, that's well, you true. Stole mine I, used and always, I used to steal your I lunch. craved a home cooked meal, so I stole Izzy's <laughs> every day at school. And she'd leave a little, like, a couple of gold coins in my locker <laughs> with a note that said, I've taken your rice. <laughs> Buy yourself something nice, sweetie. <laughs> and I would be so happy. It was the perfect, it was the perfect, like, exchange. But I think the, you, I mean, I just, you can, you can if you want to, but hearing this, all the time growing up, I had so much confidence that I could do anything that I didn't put my eggs in one basket, which I know is another piece of advice. You're not meant to do that, but mm. I never committed to anything because the you things, always had a safety net. Yeah. The things I tried, I was like, I like this. I'm good at this. I would try things and then I would not really commit to them because I was told that I can do anything compared to other people. I can do anything, but I should do something. Like something is nice, you know. It's such a, in, an interesting way to to perceive it. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I think, or well, definitely with the whole. Um, yes, you can do anything you put your mind to if you have the upbringing, the supports, the both physical and like mental. If you have the education behind you, like the the relevant education behind you, I don't believe that you can do anything you put your mind to when it comes to like a very discreet say job description or goal Mm. because there's too many factors but I think you can do anything you put your mind to if it's more of like a state of being or a mindset like yeah yeah I mean it's all circumstantial as well like you can try and end climate change but you won't as one person Mm. you can make a massive contribution but I mean what's anything we're all little specks of dust. Anyway. I know. It's important to remember that. <laughs> and here we are again. Existential. Okay. Um, so we wanted to talk about some advice we got from you guys, which is very exciting because we love hearing from you and we would love to continue doing that in the future. So we are going to pick apart your advice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we'll try nice and way. keep it succinct because we want to get through them all. Yeah. We're just going to do our snap our snap response. Yeah. And it's not going to be like, we're not going to roast you. So don't worry about that. We're don't just going to. Yeah. We still love you a lot. Okay. Everything happens for a reason. Agree? Disagree? Thoughts? I think that this is a pretty good uh, analysis of where you are spiritually if you believe this. Mm-hmm. I think that everything does happen a reason for a reason if you choose to take what you want out of each situation, which mm-hmm. comes into uh, you're in charge of your own story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that shit things happen all the time. Is it for a reason that is good? No. Does that make sense? Not really. Mm-hmm. Your turn. Well, for me, like my aim is to keep evolving, like keep growing, keep learning. And if like challenges and like tensions, that's how, that's the only way people grow. We will only grow if we have those pressures. Mm-hmm. And I take a lot of those sort like those challenges to be yes everything happens for a reason because well my reason is to evolve so yeah I love that. there we go mm-hmm. effort will be talent every time yeah I agree completely mm-hmm. I think that you can't get to talent without effort 
But I think it's like I'm, I'm just drawing the comparison to that really smart kid in class who just always aces the exams um, but doesn't have to try and the kid that tries really hard and might say they get the same result, right? Mm-hmm. I think the one who's tried really hard for sure has gained so much more from that, from that experience. Mm. Not just because they have the same knowledge now as the other person but because throughout that process they were developing discipline, that constant as we were saying, uh, like explaining in that other episode, like engaging that central executive ne- network, which is going to also increase their mental health, like for sure. Do you think there's a choice involved in that? Because say, for example, that first person who just gets everything immediately, mm-hmm. um, they could choose to be doing more, but they don't need to. You know, that concept yeah. of work smart, not hard. Yeah. Where do you think the differences lie between those two analogies? I think it depends on the personality of that person as well. Like there's there's skill and there's personality as well. And if someone is really highly skilled naturally at something, there I guess that will help to form their personality being whether they become like someone who's going to then seek other opportunities to challenge themselves or if they lean into it and become like I guess lazy because of it. Mm. I think you should you should try hard in ev- anything that brings you happiness and passion and also remember your worth and your boundaries if Mm. it doesn't bring you joy, if it doesn't spark joy, as Marie Kondo might say. Be curious, not judgmental. I like this one a lot. It's in Ted Lasso. I love Ted Lasso so much. I know you do. I freaking love that show. Okay, and now I just have to speak now. Okay. We have been waiting to bring out these southern accents for a good few episodes It's been a long, long time. Okay, we we have to – we'll just do it for this one question. We'll do this one. Yeah. Okay, so be curious, not judgmental. I like it because it implies that you're being open Mm -hmm. and everybody that you are speaking to is equal to you. And I really like that. And, oh, my God, I'm just thinking about Ted Lasso. I love him so much. I want to be Ted Lasso. He's beautiful, isn't he? <laughs> what do you think of this one? I completely agree. I actually don't need to add anything to that. I, hands down, I am with your sister. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that you're with me. I think that the concept of judgment is not required. I think we use it a lot in daily life, but it's not actually required unless you're doing critical thinking and Mm. I don't think it should be Mm. used on people unless they're causing harm to you or Mm -hmm. others I guess at the end of the day we judge things all the time not even like in a sense of what I'm trying to say is you make judgments all the time and it's not necessarily necessarily a bad thing like you go to the shops and there's two types of feta you make a judgment which one do you want to get what's the difference between judgment and choice well I think here it's assumptions okay I like that and I think we cannot assume anything about someone. You know what they say about assuming? You make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> now that is a good one and it came Have across so organically. That? Oh, thank you. I just love how that was on top of your mind for that. Appreciate you. I really want to keep doing this. <laughs> we can't do it. <laughs> we can't. We can't. But we got to make the selfless choice to stop. Stop speaking in this accent. Okay, we're going to move on to the next one. Okay, next one. Worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. This one's artistic to me. Mm. It's a true metaphor. You have mm-hmm. to imagine things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I just think of the Fleetwood Mac song tomorrow. Just don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Yes, but they're telling you to not stop thinking about tomorrow. But sometimes you can think about tomorrow too much. It, there's no point. Yeah, I mean... 
I watch ASMR videos all the time and my favourite ASMR artist, she says... Is that a word? ASMR artist? Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's so satisfying. Mm. She says, we're just going to take all of your thoughts about tomorrow. We're going to keep some of them. You're going to keep the important ones. But the things that can be dealt with tomorrow, not right now, we're going to put in a box on the bedside table. And I just really like doing that. That's a toxic box though. <laughs> <laughs> but you deal with it in the morning. You open it up yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have my like anxiety and stress is the the thing that keeps me up. Like I have beautiful sleeps unless I'm feeling very stressed. That also reminds me mm. of how like when you're having a drink, you're <gasps> taking tomorrow's joy away from bringing me. it into the now. Oh, I like that. I like that. Have you not heard of that? It's like the hangover thing. Um, okay, next one. Don't do nothing just because you can't do it all. Uh, this person gave some context as well, which was in regards to climate change and where the world mm-hmm. is at. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I think we kind of touched on the idea before that your contribution, you can't do it all, but you can make, you can make a contribution. Mm-hmm. I think all of our combined small efforts make a big effort. Mm-hmm. And that's why we should all recycle. Yes. If you're not already, you should be. Yes. All of that. And also, like, yes, it has a community benefit, but also it's good for yourself as well mm. to feel – you get, like, a dopamine hit when you do something good. Yeah. Even just, like, having a list of things to do. I get off on that mm. shit, like, crossing it off, you Doesn't know. feel great. Oh, my God. It's – I think it's all in my head. I think, you know, the concept that I have put something down and I've done it. I've made it happen mm-hmm. and now it's done. Yeah. That is really – exciting for me in yeah. many ways yeah helps us sleep at night okay is anything wrong with your life other than that it's not going the way you expected it to the, I mean I love this one and this is from one of our really good friends yeah and she journals she's self-aware she's queen so yeah, she's awesome we love you Rachel so we're gonna take whatever she says as gospel <laughs> I love this because it kind of forces you to reflect on where you are in mm. that moment and that is good thing I I like the structure of it because it implies that you have a set plan and if it's not going to plan it's not the end of the world and expecting your life to go a certain way is not really beneficial long term it's not sustainable mm. so if you are in a moment and your life is not going how you expected that's not a bad thing because that's life baby you know yeah I think it's really questioning whether there are right and wrong things in life anyway. Mm. Like this says, is anything wrong with your life other than it's not going the way you expected it to? What what that's saying is what you expected you have deemed as right. Mm. Yeah. When – who are you to know that? Nobody knows. Like who do you think you are to who know that? Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, that's, do. I guess it's like playing God in a way. Like, I know the best way for mm. my life to go. And you don't. And what you have control over, it's important to remember those limits as well. What is actually in your control and what mm. isn't. Yeah, exactly. So we love that. Thank you. This too shall pass. Oh, this was a brilliant piece of advice from our producer, Elliot. He does the most. And I, I really love it. Like, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because, yes, the – bad times pass mm-hmm. thank goodness but so too do the good times yeah okay that's that's profound um I like that it's inclusive of the word too because it's acknowledging the other things mm. that have happened because like everything else yeah things things move mm. on and things move forward 
I just always think of like people getting cancelled and then the news coming along with a new story and it's like, you know, yeah. the constant cycle of yeah. new things. Um, but I think it's important to remember that how you're feeling in a certain moment, it won't necessarily go away. It will pass, kind of implies that it does. It moves forward. It evolves. Like the way that, say, t- a tide comes in. Mm, the yeah. wave will pass and you won't see it. But it's still but there. But the sand has shifted. Mm-hmm. Like there is movement. There's consequences. But you won't be experiencing the wave forever. Mm. Nice. Hey, that was really good. Thanks. It's It's great as well because it's concise, straightforward. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has the word shell, which makes you feel automatically cultured. Absolutely. I love it. Mm. If someone shows you their true colours, believe them. Mm. We were talking about this before because it is so easy to make excuses for people. Because it's more comfortable, it's requires less conflict and it also it's easier to reconcile in your mind Mm. when um we were discussing this this Izzy really likes this one so thanks Tess when you are in a moment with conflict you will quite often where someone has shown their true colors you can potentially make excuses for them instead of letting them do it themselves not that Mm. excuses should be made an explanation should be offered for sure Mm. but just don't do that Mm. You don't need to. You don't need to be like, hey, I understand you might have done this because I did this, felt this certain way. It's okay to just have a conversation and let them speak, you know. Mm. Um, I think this is something that you can use Mm -hmm. in your day-to-day in hard moments. Yeah, I think I just it stood out to me because I I struggle with it. I guess you always see it like in um, circumstances and interactions through your own perspective and with your own views and and ideas and motivations and everything, that person is coming to that situation with their own stuff. Like they're a completely different person. You can never like assume really and like people have to offer their own communication of that situation from their perspective for you to even start to understand where they're coming from. Mm. Do you know what I mean? This is a piece of advice from the philosophical idea of stoicism, um, which is don't be caught complaining even to yourself. This is quite layered because I really see the benefit of it. There are some like lines of thought that would disagree with this because of the, I guess, the role of um, accepting and coming to terms with things that are difficult and challenging. Mm which is also important. What do you think about? I think with philosophy, one of the the key things to do with any statement is to pick the key words out and interpret what they mean to you. So I think that caught is a key word to me and complaining because I think that complaining is not constructive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no end result. Um, You're just venting. That's a great line in the sand I think the constructive piece Mm. if I'm thinking about it I want to be able to have those conversations with myself where I introspectively analyze Mm -hmm. the bad things Mm -hmm. it's okay to do that there's a difference when you're complaining Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think this piece of advice also speaks to I guess our sense of ownership of the decisions we've made so for example I'll give a little bit of an anecdote to try and make sense of that. When I'm really struggling in with my studies, right, I can get into a mindset where I'm really complaining to myself about it. And I'll complain 
to anyone else about it as well. I've complained to you about it. I've complained to my boyfriend about it. My friends, literally, and I'm quite honest when people are like, how are you? I'll be like, well, let sorry. me get started. <laughs> I think there's there's a point at where, and I'm going to shout out to my friend Jazz, who like has was really helpful because I had things to complain about. Like it wasn't, there were certain things that were really, like I was struggling with, but it was becoming, it was, as you said, to a point where it wasn't constructive and I wasn't taking responsibility for the fact that this was my decision. I, I want to be there. If I don't want to be there that much, I have the ability to like relieve myself from that situation. But my friend was just like, okay, well, so you're going to finish this rotation or whatever it was. You're going to keep doing med. I think you need to regain control. Mm-hmm. And I was like that piece of advice was amazing for me and I needed to hear it at the time because I, I was out of control. Like my mindset, I was spiraling, mm-hmm. like I was cat- catastrophizing and it wasn't constructive because I knew I was going to finish it. So why just like get caught up in your own complaints? Mm-hmm. And I did have to take, I did have to just like regain control and it helped. I love that she gave you constructive yeah, advice, which is, I think one of my problems with advice is when people just tell you what you want to you want to hear. Mm. And I think the advice is so good when it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to want to hear it. Mm. Not to say that you should give unsolicited advice to people because that's one of the worst things ever, but that's you know, true. it should be honest and helpful yeah. and not just whatever will be will be, which I do like that yeah. one, but <laughs> You know that song, right? Kesara. Yes. That's one of my happy songs. We should definitely link that song because for for anyone who's like just anxious about things that they don't have any control over, it's a great song. Mm. Okay. Money is replaceable. Memories aren't. Thoughts. Yeah. I I like – I live my life by this as well. I need to not hear this because I – spend all my money on what I justify as memories and really they're just clothes <laughs> and I'm not saving and money is replaceable comes into my bank account every month because I keep working it's just not a healthy thing for me to hear but I, I there's people that also will just save their money like they're hoarding it's good to have experiences experiences are great I think this is really up to the the ears that it's falling upon I agree because it also is a question of privilege as well for a lot of people I'm thinking particularly about like I'll give an example a um a man in his 40s who has two young kids and is a bit financially insecure and has to work like two jobs and never sees his kids because he's trying to provide for them mm. imagine the craving of making memories with those kids mm-hmm. and not being able to just because you are working for their futures and for them yeah I have the beauty of choice to say I'm going to use my money to make this memory Mm -hmm. because I'm not supporting anyone else. Yeah. It's only me who will struggle when I can't make rent because I bought that outfit. Yeah. I think that's very – I think you're right. It depends on the person whose ears it is falling Mm. upon. We are all on our own journey for sure. Yeah. I liked this one. The the context given as well was for people that might be the same age as you in there, you know, having kids, getting married – graduating like no matter what they're doing you're on your own path I really I actually will tell myself this a lot yeah um Mm. because just because your life doesn't look the way everyone else's does in your demographic 
similar age to you, it mm-hmm. does not mean that you're not doing what you're meant to be doing. Don't you think it's quite interesting how like when we're younger, you put so much effort into trying to be the same as everyone around you to kind of blend in. And uh, one quote that came to mind for me was like, like something about don't waste your time being someone else. They're already taken or something like that. And it's just saying it's reminding people to be individual, mm. which is something that like I think we all needed to hear when we were younger. But when I'm thinking about like even like in the professional world now, everyone is aiming to differentiate themselves. That's the only way to like to get ahead now. <laughs> there's There's literally so many people in the world doing the things that you think you might need to do already what would be the harm in you doing something different yeah that's why i think okay next one quit the app make the thing love it yeah is he is he or she or they referring to this is from jack and i believe that he meant get off of the app you're using but he could mean quit the app you're using and make a better one (laughs) Uh, yeah this could be interpreted in multiple different ways yes I think, yeah, I think it's just saying get off, get off like your distraction and get started on something, which I think to me also makes me think of the um, the quote about um, don't not do something because you can't do it all because I bring that into say studying and like you've got this whole big list of like content you need to get through and it feels really overwhelming just like take, just starting it. You mm. just have to start and then you'll get the flow. Mm. I like that it leaves room for thinking, interpretation. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, this could be, I mean, I look at cool DIY stuff all the time online. I should just get off Instagram and make it. But also I should quit scrolling and just make a thing, you know? Yes. It, I mean, I just repeated myself, but basically just do something. Yeah. <laughs> and then like that brings in analysis paralysis. Mm. Like you could just spend for the, the content we have access to, you could spend forever planning how to do something or trying to find inspiration for things. Like just. Just get up and go. LFG. LFG. And the last one, knowledge is power. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that you can't go into a situation and have full confidence, which is then interpreted as power without knowing what you're talking about or listening to. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's timeless. I think like um, in a a context of like even knowing more about yourself, like that's, that's empowering. I think, like, to me, I, I like to think of it more as knowledge is empowering yeah. more than knowledge is power. Yeah, and do your own research. Find out the things. Mm-hmm. Don't just listen to what someone says and then take that as gospel. Go do your own yeah. research on that topic and learn more, especially things you like. Keep keep learning. Okay, we are now moving into bad advice, which is from you guys. It is advice that you've been given that you may not agree with or has not served you well. So let's get into it. Just think of those who have it worse off than you. I mean, it depends on on when when you're hearing this, for sure. Mm. I mean, there are people who are struggling with illnesses and just because you might be privy to receiving help uh, in a medical sense, it doesn't matter that there are people... Oh gosh, it just it's hard to it's hard to um justify it, but realistically, if you're in a really bad place and somebody's telling you there's someone else who has it worse, what is that going to do for mm. you if you're genuinely unable to get out of that? Yeah, especially in terms of mental health. This is yeah. this is not something you can just say just stop feeling sad. Yeah. It's like that type of advice. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um but then again, if you're worrying about the fact that you 
can't get the shoes you wanted because they're out of stock and you feel like it's the worst day of your life, there are people, mm. as the wise words of Kourtney Kardashian, there are people dying. Yeah. So, yeah. It is so context and person specific, isn't mm-hmm. it? If, it, if you're telling yourself that piece of advice, I think it's always going to be good. Like, yes, it should it be told to you. It needs to come from yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Similar as, well, actually, I mean, similarities to the next one, which is to take a chill pill. I feel like this is just every misogynist ever speaking to a woman. This is yeah. the context I perceive it as. Yeah, yeah. Which is shut the fuck up. Don't tell me to take a chill pill. Yeah. I'll chill when I want, Jerry. Yeah. But also <laughs> just relax that's mm. fine Place it's demeaning time. it's demeaning mm. like I think um. I just I have never heard someone say to someone else take a chill pill in a not inappropriate moment that's true I think because it's um it's also it's making light of it yeah chill pill like it's like I'm What's gonna a do a pill? rhymey funny like you know take a chill pill dude yeah I do, do you think this is an American saying like a Xanax take a zanny kind of thing what's a chill pill like a benzo fuck yeah yeah it's um they're hardcore like you would you don't give anyone a benzo (laughs) sorry this is this is a note that i made Mm -hmm. um which is one that annoys me and i've realized it i realized recently this one annoys me this is mine you are only a product of your environment okay yes yes i know you i know you've used this one before i've used this before yeah tell me what what your thoughts are i just think that there are so many people that have been placed in in a certain environment and they make it out of it and it doesn't necessarily mean it's almost restrictive to encapsulating people in what they've been through mm-hmm. like they can't get out of that bubble or out of that scenario i think that you can make anything you want out of a bad situation um it's up to you what you do with that mm. but your environment doesn't have to define you. I think it speaks on a wider level in terms of like we live in a great country where we are able to make a life for ourselves and that is what we are a product of, our environment. But also if you make it, if you look at it on a smaller scale, you don't have to be a product of a really bad situation. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I know so many people who have have had to work through so many negative things and they are amazing people. But I still think they're a product of that because it's made them who they are. Like they might not be so amazing Mm. if they didn't have to work through that. I don't think product of – like if it's a negative environment, I don't think that means you're like a negative describing words. Yeah, I think you take anyone who's been through something really difficult or something really amazing – I think you'd ha- you'd be hard pressed to find someone who says that didn't influence me. Mm. And I think whatever that thing is, I don't think that's going to create like as as I said before, like if that's negative or toxic, I don't think you're going to become toxic. But I think that toxic environment is going to shape who you become. Whether that is you responded to it well, as in like we're going back to the whole you're in charge of your own story, or you responded to it badly. Mm. I think this is the great thing but also the bad thing about advice is that it's completely up to how the listener perceives it. Yes. And you can have these great one-liners which means one thing to one person and another to another person and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be helpful to them because they might perceive it completely differently to how it was intended to be perceived. Yeah. 
That's true. So really, we should just all go to therapy. <laughs> okay. If they wanted to, they would. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this one? I think it's bad advice to, to go by. I think there is so many more factors at play than if someone wants to. I think that if it's about a boy and you're a girl and you're wondering if this boy cares about you, that this is a great piece of advice. Yeah, okay. I didn't even think of it in that context. This it is where I've seen context. it. Yeah. On TikTok, this is like, it's just, hey, girlies, you need to hear this. Here it is. If they wanted to, they would. And I think that in that circumstance only is this a great piece of advice because if somebody said they would do something or you're wondering if someone cares, if they wanted to do that thing, they would absolutely do it. If I really wanted to get laid, Mm. I would drive many miles to do that. We don't even have miles, kilometres. You know, if I wanted to see... If I wanted to see somebody and there was many miles in between us, I would make it happen. I would get there. You know, I just think that if people really want to do something, if you're someone's priority, they're going to make it work for you. And this is within those Mm -hmm. reasonable standards. If somebody lives in the same city as you and they said they would hang out with you and they say that they don't want to do that, or not that they don't want to do that, that they can't do that because of whatever reasons. Oh, see, now I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking because, like, maybe that dog did pass away kind of thing. But mm-hmm. also maybe they just don't want to. So there's this there's this guy on Instagram that I, lo- I love his content. He's a psychologist from America. And his handle is Your Diagnonsense. Mm. On one of his posts it says, things to stop saying. And one of them is, if they wanted to, they would. Maybe, but maybe not. This is a huge assumption with consequences when slash if inaccurate. Always ask and inquire about why they didn't. Mm. I think this is, I think it's fair. I think we need to get like confident enough to ask as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a scenario where you have to apply the idea, if they wanted to, they would, you're probably not able to have those open discussions with them. And if you're mm. not, maybe that's a sign as well. Yes, that's a good point. I love that. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I think we should just leave it there. Do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. This was me. I wrote this. It's great. It's a great one. I don't like this because what's the point in hobbies if this is the case? And also if you take something you really love and cherish and you make it into a job and work, those things don't generally go together. Like if you love making pottery and it might not be that good, it might not be the most special pottery in the world, if you have to monetize it, And I mean, I know there's artists out there and that's why I think it's so important to support creators um, and artists and everything like that. But I mean, I just think there's a line that shouldn't be drawn sometimes. And, you know, if you find something you're really passionate about and you turn that into something that has to be, I wake up and do that every single day. And it's not a time set aside for me that is for my happiness and enjoyment. Is it really what you love? There's also a danger of turning things that you love into something that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this to me, this reminds me of like the whole do you live to work or work to live Mm. question. I am of the opinion that to live in this world, you need to make a fair like – you need to make a fair amount of – you need to be working a fair amount of time, especially if you want to enjoy things like travelling and like other things that are like quite expensive – I, I would want to enjoy my work. Like that's the 
Yeah. That's the like baseline. Like I enjoyment is achievable for sure and and desired. Yeah. Exactly. Um I don't necessarily I don't think I want to work to live or live to work. I just want to be in the middle bit. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> yeah, I think that if you I want to I want to be able to clock off at the end of the day and not take it with me. Yeah. Um and I think if I loved something I'd be so invested in it that I would take it home with me. Yeah, I just don't think I don't think it's possible to work to live happily. If you're doing like a job that you don't care about at all just so that you can go home and enjoy your life, that's that wouldn't personally bring me joy because I think I find a lot, a lot of personal satisfaction and growth in my workspace. Yeah. So I, that has to be important for me. Yeah. But that's like that's me and that's where my priorities lie. Yeah. that's And that's like a really – privileged thing to be able to do which is to curate your workspace yeah. a lot of people don't have the option of enjoying their work they just need to get dinner mm-hmm. and they need to feed their kids and their cats and their dogs and True. play rent and but i think there is like a real pressure that we all have to have find like the most perfect like job for us that will serve our purpose perfectly and then anything that's slightly under that we think is not right for us mm. which is a lot of pressure i think Everyone lives to work because we're humans mm. in a society. But I would like to I would like to enjoy but be able to distance and yeah. not make it my personality. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know about the workforce. I'd love to leave it. Mm. But I can't. We know Shelley. So we also did a poll on our Instagram, which is the soft pod. If you wanted to follow it, you can. And it was about whether or not you've ever wanted to take a break from social media. And 86% of you said that they have wanted to. And 14% said, no, they haven't. So the benefits of people who did take a break included they felt less insecure and enjoyed their own company, uh, were more productive and less tired, less anxious and stressed, less stressed, less Mm -hmm. anxious and stressed about not being good enough or not doing enough. More focused and more time for life admin and self-care. One of our listeners said um, dopamine fasting, uh, which is a professor, a neurobiology professor called Andrew Huberman's idea. Uh, He works at Stanford. And uh, the concept is you can't eat or drink anything apart from water or use the internet, your phone, your computer or TV or any other screens or technology during that time. You also can't listen to musical radio or have sex, which sounds like what Kravis did when they were trying to have a baby. If you've been watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians. <laughs> Interesting concept. Very much worth looking into to see how you guys feel. Another one was mental clarity, increased self-esteem and productivity and feeling more bright and less foggy. So people mainly came back to social media because pre- predominantly because of FOMO um, or because they had to for work. Or just wanting to be inspired and see what their friends were do, doing. So, like, curating their feed to, yeah, to just consume content that they really wanted to. Mm, this is this is something that I think we all need to do, which is curate your feed. Make yeah. sure that the things you see on there are things that inspire you and make you want to be alive. Mm-hmm. And just continue to be creative if that's what you use Instagram for. Whatever you use a platform for, make sure your algorithm isn't just stealing your information. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to train your algorithm to give you what you want. Make the most of it. Make that algorithm your bit. <laughs> we we did identify a flaw in collecting our data given that we were asking on social media through the channel of social media whether they deleted their social media which automatically excluded 
from our pool, the people who actually had deleted their social media. When they come back, <laughs> we want to talk to them. We'll find a way to reach them. Um, yeah, so thus concludes our advice episode. If you have any advice to give us on any this advice, advice. <laughs> feel free to do so. I think that today was interesting for me because I feel kind of drained thinking about how important advice is not the best advice. But advice is really just it's up to you and how you perceive it. Yeah, I feel quite drained too. I'm exhausted after that. And I think it's because it like it, it's a, it's really inward looking but it's also like it's self-reflective and it's also quite intellectual a lot of these things like particularly big dick energy. <laughs> uh, big dick energy is, is the, the most height in-depth. of intellectual mm-hmm. I content. agree. Yes, but we would love to hear your thoughts as well. Yes, please take that big self-aware dick energy with you today and let us know how it goes. Please Please let us know if it went wrong or went good. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram as well at the soft pod. We would love to hear from you and you can email us as well it's in the bio. I believe there's a button you can click and it will email us and just have the best day ever. We love you. And thanks for listening to us. Thank you. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>